how would you like to get yourself a brand new copy of our free digital enlightened book right now? You can grab yourself a copy. The book includes insights from some of the world's top dot leaders and the core book itself. And once again, you can get yourself a copy at thisisthebook.com. Again, thisisthebook.com. And when it asks for a code near the top of the page in relation to the enlightened book, just use the code BESTEVERU all lowercase and all spelled out, and then you'll have an email come along. Just confirm on that email, and the book will be immediately on its way to your inbox. Enjoy, and I hope you have a magical day. Hi, everyone. This is Shelly, a.k.a. The Phoenix. Are you ready to be motivated, educated, entertained, and inspired? Well, you have come to the right place. Now get your pen and paper ready because you're listening to the newest episode of the Conversations with Passion radio show with your host, Corey Poirier. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and we're back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show, and really excited to have a brand new guest with us, somebody I met at the recent podcast movement conference. Uh, so Carrie Ann Reed Brown, really excited to have you with us today, and I think probably the best starting point would be to get you to tell us a little bit about your journey and or backstory for our listeners who may be discovering you for the first time today. All right, all right. Thanks for having me, Corey. So um, my name is Carrie Ann, as Corey mentioned, and I was born in Jamaica, not Jamaica, Queens, but the island Jamaica. And I came here at the age of 13, going on 14. And for me, it was just life in a new country, a new culture, and a new environment that has kind of led me to the point where Corey met me at Podcast Movement, and I began, you know, just talking about my niche and the, the passion that I have for that. So um, everything that um, has kind of defined or everything about my journey and my experiences have been defined by my cultural background. I'm the oldest, I'm the only girl, and I'm also from this very rich culture that is very recognizable from Bob Marley to reggae to Usain Bolt to so many things that has kind of helped embolden me in areas where I probably felt like, you know, a little shy. Um, But in other areas, it just has made me aware that you know what there's um power in a really niched group and small community that has such a strong culture but shares that culture with the world and so my passion is always just sharing with people helping people and kind of you know seeing what can evolve from you know learning about each other and seeing where synergies are because as much as we are different we are alike in a lot of ways Love it. And so, Carrie Ann, one of the things that spoke to me whenever we met uh, to hear you share your journey and story, you were talking about, as you mentioned, um, sort of the, the niche that you've uh, built and, mm-hmm. and a culturally rich one, of course. Um, but it was in relation to the podcast that you have now. So for yes. our listeners, again, who are discovering you for the very first time, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and how that allows you to serve some of your niche market? Absolutely. Um, So my podcast is um, Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. And it is because my audience are 
people who are, were either born in the Caribbean or of Caribbean descent. And the reason why I created that podcast is because, you know, I remember reading a book called Rework um, by the guys who created Basecamp. And I'll never forget it years ago. It said, start by scratching your own itch. And my itch was that I was having some struggles professionally. I was looking for guidance and mentorship um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And I, it was very hard for me to find people who kind of understood some of the nuances of my behavior and so I wanted to kind of create a resource that other people felt like you know like this is us that's me you know I know exactly what she's talking about because I went through a similar experience and so um the the, the platform is mostly focused on career and entrepreneurship for people who are of Caribbean descent and we find resources one one through the podcast but we also do some blogs and we do also some events to 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 help continue dialogue and provide as much community to people who are looking for answers or just looking for people to understand who they who they are and because at the end of the day everyone wants some level of understanding you get like it's like do you get what i'm saying and you just you just want someone to say yes i understand where you're coming from because when 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 people feel like they're understood then the conversation can begin from there now that i understood the context of the background you know where can we go from there so the platform carry on friends and the podcast is really about helping caribbean americans be more confident and secure in what they have to offer even if they're from a different culture because as much as i i told you we are rich culturally as a jamaican some people don't always feel that way i remember as a hiring manager at a law firm i had a young man come in to me and interview for a role and um I asked the question, typical hiring question, what would he consider a weakness? And he said to me his accent. And his accent is such a strong part of the culture because most people, when they're when I say, oh, I'm Jamaican, they're like, but I don't hear an accent. And and for, while other people are marveled, there's no accent. He was just dismayed that he had an accent. And I want people to understand that regardless of an accent or if you're from a big island or a small island, there's value to what you can contribute. So, Carrie Ann, that I mean, that brings up a, I guess, a, a question for me around, you know, when I heard you st- sharing your journey and how you've decided to focus in on sort of this niche, our listeners would range from people looking for career changes all the way to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, lifestylepreneurs, and then, of course, business leaders uh, from various walks of life. But niching is something that, or niching, depending on what uh, pronunciation a person provides, but that's one of the things that I guess it's an area that people struggle with because some people think if I if I go for a niche market, then I'm li- eliminating opportunities. Others feel if I go for a niche market, I'm actually increasing my opportunities because people will see me as as basically the specialist or expert in a certain area. So what has been your experience basically focusing on a very specific niche market with your show and with the other parts of the brand? So um, with a niche market, it, it is it, it, it's, it, it, it works both ways, right? So you know that I can't service anyone. So I knew that out the gate. Like, I, that I'm not for everyone. I knew exactly who I wanted to service. The challenge is that 
everything that gets thrown at you, you know, all the resources, all the people that you see, and I'm, and it's not that, you know, John Lee Dumas or, or Pat Flynn, because they actually advocate that you niche, but when, you, when you're comparing yourself to those large, you know, those bigger guys, you start questioning whether niching is the right choice for you, because you're not seeing the download numbers, or you're not seeing the email list numbers, and it's, it's, that's kind of where you start second-guessing yourself and the second guessing is where it, 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 it almost makes the journey seem longer than it needs to be so I've I've had to make certain decisions like I said at podcast movement I I knew I wanted to do this out the gate and I got advice from someone who was a bigger influencer than I was who said oh your topic is it's general and I knew my topic was general but the way I spoke to my audience and the you know the the Caribbean, you know, dialect that I use was very, you know, specific for that audience. And then even after I took it off, it felt weird because I felt like I had no identity. I was trying to fit in and I, I was like a fish in an ocean, you know, with everyone else talking about this topic. And so when I went to another conference, two other influencers who were bigger than the last one were like, no, 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 no go back to that niche. And the minute I did that, it was almost like a complete change. I lit up, people kind of responded because I was able to be completely myself. And so what I had to tell myself is that my download numbers aren't going to be high. They're not going to be in a certain amount of number. And that's okay because very early on in blogging, I got the advice that it's all about the engagement. And so when you niche down, you are seen more of an expert and a thought leader because you're talking to a smaller group and the engagement tends to be a little higher because you're not talking to a sea of people. You're talking to people who are, who really feel like you get me. And even recently I went to a blog conference and the theme of that conference was tribe up. And, uh, and that came directly from Seth Godin's book, you know, um, tribes, we need you to lead us. And inherently in that book, he's saying that you've got to be very specific and find people with a common, just there's, there's so much more in common. And the more you try to find in common, the smaller that group is going to be, because uh, when it gets too big, it, it, it's, it's, you, you are no longer able to not necessarily control it, but you, you, you've lost some kind of cohesiveness in in the group or the community. You want the community to grow outside of yourself, but when it gets so big and um, it, it, it's 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 no longer that smaller niche, then it's almost like you have to create another niche because it's outgrown you. And maybe what you can provide as a benefit to that group because it's taking on a life of its own. So now the community is running that group. Love that distinction. And it's interesting, something you said there, Carrie Ann, that really spoke to me when you mentioned about the, and because I'm in this sort of mode right now, actually it was podcast movement that started putting it in my head uh, about us even, and, and I mean, I always feel that it's uh, a real-time journey that people are following with at least our show. So I, I say, you know, here's what here's what the challenges are, here's what I'm thinking of changing. And so I'm right in the process now. We're about to celebrate five years, and I'm looking at actually going more niche um, and and I actually have a new logo that we're working on, a new name for the show. Um, so I'm saying this to people, and they're listening to it as one name, um, and they will 
potentially, if they're listening to an archived version of this interview, uh, they'll be listening to it with a, a bit of a different swing. And it was partly because of some of the talks like yours that talked about niches and me realizing that's what I wanted a little bit more. And mm-hmm. saying all that, uh, when you mentioned as well about your perspective in terms of how you say it can all, all um, can as well be different because I was thinking of a show that I started listening to recently and I'm going to butcher his name because I don't know which way he pronounced it. I should have listened to the show enough, but it's Mark Maron or Mark Maron. Um, yeah. He listened yeah. his show, uh, WTF. Um, yes. So that show I've been, I've sort of been pulled into it. Like I've kind of got, you know, hooked on it and, and I travel long distances. So just this past week, I traveled six hours each way for a talk and I basically dived in and listened to about eight episodes. And here's the thing, what he's, you know, who he's talking to, um, would be sort of considered maybe generalized. What he's talking about could be considered generalized. So when I say that for those that don't listen, a lot of his interviews would be with celebrities and he would talk about whatever their sort of I'm going to say their niche focus is, you know, if they're an actor or they're a director that directs certain styles of movies, what have you. But when what you mentioned, which I thought was so neat about, you know, even how your mannerisms are and your, your dialect and how you might talk and, and slang and, and different approaches. One of the things that I noticed when you said that about his show, and I wanted to sort of incorporate a little more of that, is that, he, and even though he has enough time with an hour and a 15 minute show, uh, you know, a 75 minute show, but he actually will bring on a guest like Alice Cooper and he doesn't want to talk about what Alice Cooper's done in the last month. He wants to drill back into the sixties and seventies and who helped him get started and how they helped. And, um, you know, that day he ran into somebody that if he wouldn't have run into them, it wouldn't have launched his career. Like he really wants to drill into their backstory to such a level it, I haven't seen it that often, and I think that sort of makes him a niche. Like, he, he focuses mainly on celebrity interviews, but he focuses on his approach, at least, is that he wants to know your journey, and he wants to know, like, the, the little nuances and the little elements that most people would ignore. Like, it's almost like he goes to the minutiae of a, a Seinfeld episode uh, to figure out what makes him different. And, and it's funny when you said that, because I realized that on its own may not be a niche, but it can certainly, as you said, make you stand out and make people flock to you versus somebody who just does the same interview every every day. Absolutely. And and, and different. So, so being in a niche is one thing. So I'm sure there are other podcasts who um, I, and, and I know there's a, another podcast that focus our interviews Caribbean entrepreneurs, but within that you still have to differentiate yourself. What makes me different? I am intentional that I try not to get you know people who are already very well known and popular. I look for people who have like a name for themselves, but they're not super popular. So they wouldn't be the celebrities. These are people who are doing work, but they're not well known. And that's intentional because, you know, I found that, you know, um, let's just use a celebrity. You know, you will have a celebrity that will be on a whole bunch of different shows. And so after a while, the audience is like, how many different stories is this one person going to tell unless you go on Mark's show and he drew in but you you know you start thinking of your own listening experience I'm very particular about the guests that I have on the show Um, I I don't want someone who's super popular and the the stories repeated or something because then the audience is like oh I've heard you know you've heard her once you will hear her you know all the time it's not different and and so those are little ways that you start to differentiate yourself the questions you ask you know um, the types of guests you have on the show you know um, I, I break my show up some people are straight interviews Mm. I I I realize a lot of my shows are 
you know, you know, the ones with guests do well, but the ones with me solo they do better. So I, I, I break that up. I try to do guests, 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 and then I have, you know, I slide one or two when it's just me. So I, I really try to, to, to break it up. Sometimes um, it's it's a mini sode, which is like 15 minutes or less. Sometimes it's eight minutes <laughs> to the point. So it's kind of breaking that up for the audience and, and knowing and, and that comes from, you know, surveying the audience, finding out exactly what they want. And sometimes it's just like speaking and being completely vulnerable and saying, hey, this is what happened. This is what's going on. And not to do that week after week or well, bi-weekly in my case, but enough to be vulnerable to let them know that, you know what, you may not be going through this, but if you should, you know, this is what I've been feeling. This is how I've dealt with it. And, you know, if you should ever go through it or you know someone who's going going through it or, um, or if you, you know, just send me questions. So to your point, yes, differentiating yourself is absolutely key. And, and, and it's like owning that, like owning that, you know, I'm different. So what? I'm not getting 10,000 downloads a month. It's okay. You know, so what? You know, I, I can be myself because the minute I let those pressures of the stats and what other people are doing, the stats are important from a business perspective, but our audience doesn't know that. So the minute you let those things go and completely be yourself, the audience is like, yes, I get it. You know, so it's it, it's so funny that, you know, and, and even then you, you don't feel like you're even doing all that you need to do because we have like technical production hat on and we also have our content production producer hat on and and it's but it's still you want to give them more and you give them and you give them that and they come back with feedback like this is great this feels like home and that's what you want you want your audience to feel like when they listen to Corey Corey gets exactly what I'm thinking about you know it's like it's almost like you're in my mind and 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 you know, that's something that comes through trial and error. It, it, you don't always get it, you know, and, and it, it comes from also asking your audience to be part of the show. Um, my audience is a little different. They're not always vocal online. So I get a lot of emails and I pay attention and I have conversations and I try to incorporate topics. So yes, niching and differentiating yourself. So even if you are not, you know, your topic is general, figure out how you're going to be different. Not that is still true to you. And that's key different. That is still true to you. It doesn't feel like you got to try so hard. You know, it's, it's like, you know, when people say, Oh, um, the chat, the, the, or the chat, the group text was lit or the terms that people use. It's like you, you want the conversation, even though we're not in a room with other people, you want to have that conversation with the audience where you feel like, yes, this is really, they're, they're in the room and we're just having a great time. Love that. And so, uh, Carrie, and before I, I ask you kind of the, the three questions we try to ask every guest, uh, one of the things I sort of pride myself on is most of our questions aren't planned. Uh, there's only three that we sort of ask that I try to ask every single guest we bring on the show. But I guess my, before I go there, um, you know, something that you said that really spoke to me, which is um, the whole idea of, you know, we were saying about Mark Murren, for example. And one of the things that you know, when you're saying that, you also got me thinking about about what he does differently is when I talked about him drilling sort of backwards, um, you said a key thing. Like, I've heard probably five Alice Cooper interviews in my life, let's say. And mm-hmm. four of those interviews, I heard at least one, probably two or three things that Alice said 
in every one of the interviews you know so it could be like um that album you put out like let's say whatever his biggest album like maybe it was million dollar babies people said you'll release the song um or i should say billion dollar babies i guess you released this song and you know i heard this story is this true or like there was one kind of a weird scenario but uh whenever he uh somebody threw a chicken on stage i don't know if you ever heard that story but anyway um he, somebody threw a chicken on stage he thought it was rubber chicken and he, he basically you know he he uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, he basically tore the chicken apart, threw it back out right. to the audience. Well, that story's been asked of him like thousands of times. On Out of five interviews I've heard of four, uh, on the Mark Mirren interview, he went there, like Alice went there, and Mark basically allowed him to stay there for about two minutes and then moved away. Other than that, in that whole interview, everything I learned about Alice, I had never heard before, even though I consider myself, I'm not an Alice Cooper fan, but I at least consider myself enough of a music fan that I knew the basis of everything with Alice, and I learned almost all new, again, because of the approach Mark takes. So just when you said that about you don't want to bring on people where everybody's heard the story a thousand times, I think he yeah. found a really cool niche where he can bring somebody on who's been on, but yet, like you said, he drills down that rabbit hole so much that you'll probably have learned five new things you never heard about them before but if, if it's not that's in its situation like you said it makes you wonder why bother bringing the exact same guests on every time if right they're gonna be, if you're gonna ask them the same questions and they're gonna deliver the same answers so i just love that right. distinction and it's also like what else it, it also goes to your thinking patterns so you said what else about alice that I want to know and I know other people would like to know that has not been explored. And and, 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 and those are questions you, you think of like people people keep asking him these questions, but what about this element of the person? So it's it's really also the approach that you take and what your audience would like to know. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Questions, the questions you ask, the guests you bring on, they're all key in terms of differentiation. Well, and, and just, you know, and I'm going to move on to those three questions I promised I was going to ask, but I will say, too, I agree with you in this, and I'm thinking, like, I mean, what we've covered so far, I think, is important for somebody that wants to explore a niche, but also those that maybe are looking at a platform like podcasting, and what I will say is, I know I'm on the track at all times, whenever I bring on a big guest who maybe has been interviewed many times before, and they say, wow, I've never had that question. And when right. they say that right on the air, and then typically when when that happens, those are the ones that say it somewhere in the interview, usually at the end of the interview, you know, I have to say this was a really good interview, very stimulating. I never mm-hmm. had, you know, a bunch of those questions. Well, if, if that's happening when they're doing maybe 800 interviews a year, you know yes. that I think that you've delivered something new. And, and I've had guests on that don't do a lot of podcasts, uh, like Jack Canfield or uh, John Gray with Men Are From Mars. I mean, they typically do radio shows. And mm-hmm. Jack has done some podcasts with the new launch of his book. But previous to that, uh, he hadn't been doing any at all. And so we brought him on. So that made it unique, I think, even though he's a big name guest. But again, I had Jack say two times, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. And for a guy who's been interviewed, you know, as many as probably 2000 times in a year, um, you know, you know, you're on the right track when that happens. Absolutely. So keep up the great work, Corey. Well, and and definitely wasn't, you know, of course, a me ink thing, but it's no, just, no, no, but it's true. It, it's, 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 it's one of those things where you recognize that you've tapped into that thing that your audience wants to know. And you know that because remember your audience can ask that question. So you, you have to zone in and say, what would my audience want to know? And you are delivering that. So that comes back to being like, Corey just knows exactly.
exactly what I want to know, exactly the things I want to say. It's 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 being in tuned to that your audience, and so that's that's key. It's it's really not you know fake you know praise. It really is knowing who your audience is and what they want to get out of this interview that they would not have gotten anywhere else. And and when you do that, you're servicing them to the point that they will come back because they know that you're going to give them something of value that they may not get anywhere else. And I think it's also more interesting to the guests as well to not be yes. asked the same questions over and over. Yes, um, absolutely. So, Carrie Ann, as we wind down, these three kind of quick questions uh, I'll ask. I will tell you that uh, I know we barely scratched the surface here, uh, and I didn't know coming into it. We, I never do with the conversational-style approach what direction we're going to go. So I know we covered a lot of uh, the niche side of things, but I'd love to bring you back on in the future again with your permission. But Absolutely. I'd love to. Awesome. And so the three questions that I wanted to ask you, very first one is, our show is called Conversations with Passion. And I know that passion's got kind of a bad rep these days because it's overused. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether mm-hmm. you use the word passion or we can change it and say purpose or your calling or your why, whatever word you want to use for that, do you think it's important that somebody discovers that? And if so, why do you think that is? So... um I do think it's important for people to discover what it is that excites them. Um, so whether you use passion or purpose, I really do think it's important because there's something that lights up in you when you feel like, you know, there's this article about being in flow. It's like you're doing something where, you know, and, and this is the other thing that people say a lot, you know, find what you love and you never work a day in your life. That is also crap in a way because you do have to work hard but that hard work is going to still feel like oh my god it's such hard work but at the end of the day the results are good and I, I feel like that's important because we are I personally believe from my personal experiences that our lives are not being lived for ourselves they're being lived to help others because our experiences are help help someone else to go through whether a challenge that you know whether it's personal whether it's professional from a career perspective or entrepreneurial and when you when you live when you are living your life with that light that shines and you know that you're excited and yes people do get the difference between good days and bad days people want to talk to that person who looks like they're enjoying themselves you never walk up to the person and like, what's wrong? You, you might say what's wrong, but if they start going down that misery road, you want to walk away. But there's a different conversation. It's like, oh, it's a rough day. But the person, even the person who's having a rough day, somehow that conversation transitioned to how they, what they do with their job or how they like it. And even under the, 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 the roughness of the day, you still get a sense that they do like their job. And that's the person you want to talk to because at the end of the day, no one wants to feel like, you know, I'm just in this whole cycle and I'm just going around and around and it means nothing. You know, so it's important to find what excites you and makes you come alive because when you do that, you are, it's almost like a beacon for other people to be attracted to you because they want to know, oh my God, how did you figure out that this is what you want to do? Because we're all in search of that thing that makes us come alive and feel like we're in flow and we're doing the best work of our lives, whether professionally, whether personally, you know, whichever way. 
And so how about success? How do you define success, Carrie Ann? And I know, I mean, you can talk about it personally, professionally, or both. Um, for, success is, as an immigrant, I know success has to be defined that based on what I've been able to accomplish that maybe my parents haven't and, 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 and not to the level they might have wanted me to accomplish, but I know I've made them proud and I've also made myself proud. And that is important because in, in, in a lot of things, we, we take ourselves out of the equation. We do it for others. But when I know that I could look back and said, wow, I did this, I really accomplished this success is, you know, doing it on your terms and yes you're influ- we are all influenced by our parents or people around us so you want to make them proud but you also want to make sure that you're doing it not because of them but you're also happy and it's finding that place where you know I'm being fulfilled so I did de- I determine or find success to be what fulfills you that makes that 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 you're having an impact on the life of someone else or a group of people so last official question, Carrie Ann, and then I just want to simply ask you how we can learn more. Uh, but before I jump ahead to that, last official question is, if you could sit across from an 18-year-old version of yourself and give her one piece of life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you think you might tell her? Wow. Uh, 18. Or you can um, pick 16 if you want. <laughs> Whatever you young know, age. I would say take more risks. Take more risk. Um, and And... I'm, I'm the oldest and so risk is not the first thing you know it's as the oldest it's responsible you have younger ones you have to set an example and so a lot of times I played safe you know I, I it's, it's interesting because other people define me as you know you were always the go-getter and out the box and to myself I wasn't quite that go-getter I was still kind of walking a very you know I, I was very close to, to being very careful and I would say take more risk I, I, I can look back at my professional and personal life where you know um, I'm in the process of writing the book and uh, a book and one of the, the things in my book um, is believe the people who believe in you so a lot of people believe that I could but I didn't believe that because I didn't want to take the risk it was safe and so it's like just take more risks. Believe the people who feel like you could do it because it's some, a lot of times people see more in you and your abilities than you're able to see in yourself. Awesome stuff. Well, Carrie Ann, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure, first of all. And you made it easy. Oh, my pleasure. And like I said, I'll, I'll call it a to be continued because I'd love to bring you back on in the near future. Uh, but before we let you run off, I guess the maybe the most important but unofficial question is for somebody listening who's saying, how can I connect with her? How can I hear this great show, you know, Caribbean show? And they may not have heard one before uh, where they can maybe learn a lot, of, uh, a lot of new things about the Caribbean culture. Where would you normally send them to connect with you hear your show or learn more about your brand all right cool so um carryonfriends.com and it's carry on as in like a carry-on luggage um i always say because there's this whole concept behind it um the show is also on itunes um i'm on twitter and on instagram at carry on friends and if anyone has any questions you know i'm also available via email hello at carry on friends that's c-a-r-r-y-o-n friends.com and um that's that's where we are we are just out there just trying to find other caribbean americans to be ambitious and 
to take risks and to like show up and be bold and you know just just off you know give the world what they have to offer well that's all folks that's another great show with a few great concepts and ideas that might be just what you need to get your ball rolling thank you so much for tuning in We'd like to thank a few people for helping make this show possible. IB Trade Show. Go to ibtradeshow.com. Engaged Leadership. Go to in-engaged.ca. Permadry. Guaranteed solutions for leaky basements. Go to permadry.com. Sites and Bytes. Your site for great service. Sitesandbytes.ca. Oxford Learning. Never stop learning. Go to oxfordlearning.com. SmileDog. Your receptionist. Go to smiledog.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of Corey Poirier, I am Marco Kelly, and this has been Conversations with Passion. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.